Hi there, I'm Caroline Thor, professional organiser, KonMari consultant, teacher and mum of three. I started off my life as a mum feeling overwhelmed, disorganised and desperately trying to carve out some time for me amongst the nappies, chaos and clutter. One day, one small book called The Life-Changing Magic of Tidying changed everything and I began to learn strategies for making everyday life easier. Today I have the systems in place that means life can throw almost anything at me and I want to share them with you. If you're an overwhelmed mum struggling to keep it together, then this is the podcast for you. Grab a coffee and settle in for a quick chat with someone who gets your reality. Welcome back to an episode of the Living Clutter Free Forever podcast. I'm so thankful that you're listening. If you enjoy what I have to say today and you want to carry on the chat, if you want to share your thoughts, your ideas, or even your decluttering or organizational pain points, come and join me on Instagram. That is my go-to social media. So I'm at caro.tour on Instagram. Please make sure you're following me, but I'd love to hear from you. So send me a DM and say hi. If you've not listened before, this podcast is all about helping you to organize your home so that life can be calmer and less stressful. It has come about because as a mum and KonMari consultant, I understand all too well the daily struggles that women face trying to keep the home and life organized. And I understand particularly well because I struggle with organization myself. It wasn't until I found out about the KonMari method and applied it to my home that I started to feel some sense of peace. It was so life-changing that I trained as a KonMari consultant so that I can help other women who feel like I did. But it's still a work in progress and some days are better than others. I'm also a firm believer in needing to find the right way for everyone to solve their organisational problems. There is never a one-size-fits-all solution. And this is what I love about the KonMari method. It is flexible. So if you know someone who you think would benefit from listening to this podcast, please share it with them. And if you go to my website, there is an amazing free guide that you can download on how to start with the KonMari method. Today's episode is all about the organizational problems that most stress out mums. It is actually a never ending list because for each individual and in each home, the problems will be slightly different. Each situation is unique, but I've gathered the problems that I hear most often and I have asked a few women to share with me their biggest pain points. I wonder if they will be the same as yours. If yours doesn't get mentioned, then please drop me a line and let me know. I'm sure we can create a whole new episode from those we missed today. Whether we agree or disagree, historically it has been women who have been responsible for organisation in the home. This is thankfully changing And I've read a couple of articles recently suggesting that due to the pandemic and everyone being at home together, it has become more the norm for all members of the family to be pitching in and helping. In the past, when not so many women were working outside of the home, organising was almost a full-time job. And by organising the home, I also mean all the things that are involved with organising a family as well. So my mum, for example used to keep the home clean and tidy, was responsible for all the shopping and cooking, for washing and ironing the clothes and making sure they were all put away, for organising people to come if any repairs were needed or if any home improvements were going to be done, for coordinating all things pet related 
and then also organising all things to do with the children, of which there were three of us. Making sure we had everything ready for school, that we had snacks, that homework was completed, that we had learnt for exams, and driving us to and from all our extracurricular activities, of which there were many. On top of that, there were of course all the birthday parties, and getting us to the ones we were invited to, and making sure that presents were bought for our friends, doctor's appointments for everyone, dentist appointments, and then of course all the spontaneous things that crop up that you hadn't planned for. Oh, and playdates. I'm sure there are many things I've forgotten. All this on its own is a full-time job. Before I started working again, having had the children, my husband always said he had it easier being able to go to work. And these days, many women are doing all of this while also working on their careers. So it's no wonder that many women are feeling completely overwhelmed and something has to give. You can't give 50% to your job, it's just not an option. If you're at work, you have to give it your full attention. The result is that many homes are in more chaos than they ordinarily would be because no one has the time, adding to the stress that many women already feel. There is also the mental load of scheduling, planning and organising for everyone and that can very often turn into an emotional load if things on the to-do list have an element of anxiety attached to them. For example, trying to work out how to get three children to three different places at the same time and making it to work on time. I find so often that people assume organisation is just the storage of physical items in the home, but it is so much more than that. Organisation also has to do with the scheduling of time and emotional resources. But if the home isn't organised, it just exasperates the problem. So what are the most common organisation problems that cause stress for mums? Let's find out. These are in no particular order, so the ones at the top of the list are not necessarily the most common. Let's start with toys, especially Lego and all the little Playmobil pieces. Why is it that kids' toys seem to multiply? I'm sure when we look away, they're breeding. It doesn't seem to matter how often you tidy up, organise, declutter, get rid of them. You turn round and it all looks like it did before you started. I think as parents, it is a good idea to accept that we need to take the line of least resistance. Toy rotation is definitely the way forward. The less available toys they have in a space, the less mess they can make, and that makes less to tidy up. We would all love our children's bedrooms to look like the amazing ones we see on Instagram, and I personally love the home edit look, where everything is organised according to colour. It just looks so pretty. But let's be practical here. It's going to take a very unique sort of child that is going to sort their Lego according to colour back into the right box to tidy up. And not many of us have that sort of kid. So just settling for the Lego being in a box and not on the floor might be enough. And all we can realistically expect and hope for. The same for Playmobil. When my kids were little, I aspired to them putting each set away in a specific storage box. Who was I kidding? I ended up being happy if it got put away at all. If you have really young kids, teaching them to throw it all into one box at the end of the day is enough. At least it's off the floor and it's away. As they get older, you can expect that books do go back on the bookshelf, Lego in a Lego box, Playmobil in a Playmobil box, dinosaurs in a dinosaur box and so on. We really can save ourselves the stress by having expectations but keeping them as low as possible. When it comes to jigsaw puzzles and games... It is important that pieces go back in the right box once they've been played with, or they are going to end up not being usable. But if you do lose pieces, don't despair. 
you can contact the game company and they will send you replacement bits. I've done this for quite a few of our games over the years. Often because I'd vacuum something up that had been left on the floor. The same is true for Lego. You can always order replacement pieces once they have gone into the vacuum cleaner never to be found again. Okay, so I said there'd be no particular order to this list. So the next thing is dry goods in the kitchen. For lots of people, it's a pain to keep on top of and they always seem to have surplus of lots of things but can never keep track of them and then find they're actually out of date. The trick here is never to buy multiple packs of one thing so that you don't lose the overview in your cupboard and to store all like things in the same place. If you have packets of pasta distributed between three different cupboards, you really won't ever know how many you have left and will end up buying new ones that you don't need. These days, it's also common to decant products out into plastic or glass storage containers. This makes it easier to see how much you have left of something and when the jar is coming to an end, you can buy a replacement packet. I do this with lots of products. That said, it adds an extra step to the whole process. So if you don't need your cupboards looking like something out of an Instagram picture, don't bother with it. I'd started decanting the pasta into a container until I realised that as a family of five, we always use the whole 500 gram packet. I might as well save myself a step and empty the packet straight into the saucepan. Making a menu plan for the week and taking a very definite shopping list with you when you go shopping and sticking to it will mean that you don't end up buying food that you don't really need on a whim. Another massive stress point for women is the entrance to the home or the apartment. There is nothing worse than walking into your living space to be greeted by all the things the rest of the family have left lying around as they came in. Don't get me wrong, it's a home. There are people living there, there is going to be stuff. But if you have to run an assault course to get from the front door into the living room or kitchen, it can be enough to make your blood boil, especially when you've just come home from work. I have two children who have taken on board that they have a place to hang their coat when they come in and a place to put their shoes away and a drawer for their hat should they be wearing one. And then they take their school bag up to their bedroom with them. I have one child who's despite reminders, me helping them to do it, me getting annoyed with them, just does not get it. Everything is just left lying in a heap on the floor. It's definitely a personality thing. They're not doing it on purpose to annoy me. I really don't think that they have on their radar that these things need putting away. Their priorities are just different to mine. When I remind them, I get, yeah, sorry, I forgot, and it's quickly done. I think I have to accept that's as good as it's going to get for now. It does make a difference when the storage is easy and accessible. We don't have a place for their sports stuff in the hallway. It involves them taking it down to the cellar, and that extra step in the putting away process means that sports bags will very often be left lying where they were left where they came in. And they would stay there for days if I didn't go and get said child and ask them to put it away. Another stress point that leads on from this one is feeling like you can't invite people in because you don't think your home is looking tidy enough. I have been guilty of this in the past, as I've mentioned in a previous podcast episode, and I know it's something that a lot of people relate to. I was going to have the next point as laundry, but I think I'm just going to talk about clothing in general. It is such a massive stress point in many houses. It's very often the case that as women, we are responsible for all the clothing in the house for some reason. So in my case, that's five lots of clothes. When my kids were really little, I made the mistake of accepting all the secondhand clothes we were very kindly offered. It became completely overwhelming 
and storing them was a total nightmare. I remember as I applied the KonMari method in our home for the first time, having some sort of aha moment. Why did my five-year-old daughter have 20 t-shirts when she always wore the same five? The rest just stayed in the drawer, never used. From that day on, I seriously reduced the amount of clothes that my kids have. My eldest would say it's gone too far in the other direction. At 15, it is not cool when you don't have lots of clothes to choose from when you get dressed in the morning. That said, all the clothes they have, they wear and enjoy wearing, and I have less washing to do. Yes, less clothes means less laundry. It's as simple as that. Oliver has five t-shirts this summer. He loves them all. There is never a discussion in the morning about whether he's going to wear it or not because he doesn't like it and he wants to wear a different one. When there's too much choice, it becomes overwhelming for younger children to decide what they want to wear. And as we all know, they have their favourite items of clothing and get very upset if they're in the wash and they can't put them on on that day. Another problem with clothes, of course, is how to store all those ones that you've decided to keep from one child for another child to wear when they get older. The boxes of clothes can end up taking over the house. I have a friend with five children and I know that the storage of clothes for other kids to end up wearing was a phenomenal amount. Some people find it hard to part with clothes that their children have worn because they have a sentimental attachment to them. I was working with a client this week who had two very large boxes of clothes that she was really struggling to part with that didn't fit any of her children anymore. Together we managed to reduce it down to 50 items of clothing for each child and she's having them sent off to a lady who's going to make them into a quilt. I'd never heard of this before but I think it's a lovely idea. She showed me the quilt she's had made from her eldest child's old clothing and it was absolutely beautiful. So perhaps that's an idea for people who have a strong sentimental attachment to their children's old clothes. Another pain point for many parents is children's artwork. What on earth do you do with the piles and piles of paper that they produce each day with scribbles on? Sorry, I mean artwork. When my kids were little, I had an A4 size frame for each child and each week we would display a new piece of artwork in it. They used to love it as it showed them I thought their artwork was special. The other pieces I would photograph and store the pictures in a folder on my desktop so that we could always look back at them. The originals were then put in the recycling bin. I have a physical folder for each child where I occasionally save a piece of art. It's fun looking back through them. And these days you can send the kids artwork off to somewhere where they'll make them into a book for you. I found that out from my client this week too. Another thing that often causes a major stress is what to do with items that are either broken and need repairing or have been lent to you and need returning. I am really fortunate living in Germany that I have a large cellar in the house where I can store things. I have a basket with a label on it to return and any items that need to go back to people are placed in there. Then there is another box that has in it items that need repairing. The danger is that they are out of sight, out of mind and will get forgotten. But we try to check before we go to see people if we have something from them and I will occasionally check in the repair box if there's something that needs to be taken somewhere or if I need to ask Ralph to take a look at it because he's the one that does the repairs in our family. The great thing about having a place to put things that are broken is that if little bits have come off, they don't get lost. One thing that many people often say to me is that the living space they have is just too small for them. In some cases, it is. But in the majority of cases, it is just that they have too much stuff. If there are five members of the family 
and everyone has five pairs of shoes and the apartment you live in is tiny, then it is going to be impossible to store everything without it looking cluttered. You must be realistic about what you have space for. One analogy that I heard recently that I really liked was how we all enjoy going on holiday and staying in spaces that are generally very minimalistic. We can spend two weeks living with only the things that we need, nothing extra, and we manage just fine. And on holiday, we generally feel more relaxed. Perhaps if we could bring some of this feeling into our everyday lives, it would do us a great service. So, so far we've talked about the physical clutter and organisation that causes stress in our homes. But what about the practical everyday things? What about actually trying to get three children out of the house on time to go somewhere? What about trying to decide what you're going to cook? What about trying to work out how you're going to find time to fit in a workout? Or how you're going to get one child to a party when the other one should be at a football training? Or how to manage how much screen time your kids are having? Or feeling guilty about how little time you're spending with your kids? For some mums, it's as simple as trying to work out how you're going to fit in time to have a shower. For me, the worst stress is not being able to find that important piece of paper that I need. And despite having the best systems in place, it still often happens that I can't find something. I don't know about you, but I often get distracted by something else, normally a child, when I'm in the middle of being on my way to put something away and end up putting it down somewhere, forgetting about it, and then not knowing where it is anymore when I need it. It is a lot better than it used to be. I didn't used to be able to find anything. The best one was a few weeks ago when I took my girls to the doctor for their latest vaccinations. I'd taken the medical books that we have here in Germany with me and inside there are their vaccination booklets. Except that when I went to get Rebecca's out, it wasn't inside her book. So I'm rummaging around in my handbag trying to find it, looking like a complete muppet. The time before when we'd been there, I had left some business cards for my organising business in reception. I'd been a bit naughty. I didn't actually ask. I just left them there. So there I am searching in my handbag and suddenly the doctor says, what is it again you do for a living? Didn't I see you left your cards in reception? I thought they said you were an organiser. Doesn't look like it. Mortifying. You see, it happens to the best of us that we can't find things when we need them. Because I didn't have the vaccination booklet with me, he had to put the sticker from the vaccine onto a little piece of paper for me to stick in myself when I found it. Needless to say, as soon as we got home and I opened up Rebecca's medical book, her vaccination certificate fell out. It had been there all along, just not tucked in the page where it should have been. Anyway, I thought it would be interesting to hear what other people struggle with. So I got in touch with a few people I know and asked them what as mums causes them the most stress with organisation in their homes. So let's start with Anka from at Anka van Delden. Anka is Dutch, living in Germany, running a business and is mum to Dakota. This is what she told me is her biggest stress point. She said, when my systems get messed up, I have like a separate box for all categories of toys, but get super anxious when things get mixed up. I somehow really need those systems to be intact. It's those toys again. We can all relate, Anka. Even if you don't understand Dutch, I really recommend checking out Anka's Instagram. I don't, and it's highly entertaining. Her videos are hilarious. I asked Sarah from Unsere Leben Zufunft, because if you follow Sarah on Instagram, you will see her home is always Instagram perfect. I couldn't imagine 
that there would be anything that stresses her, so I was really pleased with her response. Thank you for your honesty, Sarah. With three kids and two dogs, it is so refreshing to hear that even you have a stress point. She said, shoe chaos at the entrance. Everyone throws their stuff everywhere after school. Sophie from Otterly Sleeps knows all about how important organisation and calm is with kids as she specialises in holistic infant sleep solutions. She came up with a stress that I haven't touched on in this podcast. The car. This is what she said. I have literally been trying all evening to think of the most stressful thing. The car, I think. So much organising needed to get everything in on the right day. Swim bags, nursery bags, PE kit, book bags, uniform. And it always looks like Vikings have rampaged through it and it's always filthy. I love this. I always forget about the car, but she's right. It can be a massive point of stress. And how often do things get left in the car that you need in the house and vice versa? And finally, Victoria, mum of four and a yoga teacher in Heidelberg, told me that Lego in her house drives her crazy. No one is putting it away where it's supposed to be. Each of these organisational stresses is small on their own. But when they are something that you must deal with daily and on top of everything else, they can push you over the edge. If we can find a solution to the little problems before they start to feel too big, then we're going to be going a long way towards being calmer, less stressed and generally happier. Good for our families and definitely better for us. To finish off, I would like to offer some ideas for things you can do to make you feel a little calmer and more in control. Try to notice when your stress levels are rising and do something to counteract it. Maybe you get a physical signal, like your heart starting to race or feeling tense. Try to walk away and calm yourself down before you react. I often have to do this before I talk to the kids about the stuff dumped in the hallway. Have times in the day where you take a break, even if it's only for 10 minutes. Time just for you without interruption. Easier said than done, I know. Identify which times of the day are your biggest triggers. For me, it used to be getting everyone up, breakfasted and out of the house on time. Build in strategies to make it organised so it goes smoothly. Ensure that everything is planned so there is less chance of you getting stressed. Try to build some exercise into your day. I am so bad at doing this, but I know when I do, it makes me feel so much better. This will be the topic of a different podcast. So I hope that this has helped you see that there are lots of other women just like you out there who have organisational pain points that cause stress in their day. I think we're guilty of thinking it's only us that get frustrated and lose our cool, but it's good to know it's normal and even better to know we can make little tweaks to try and avoid these pain points in our days. I'm really looking forward to meeting with you again next week, but until then, I hope I've given you some ideas to help you move forwards towards your clutter-free ever after. If you've enjoyed this episode, please send the link to a friend you know would appreciate it. Subscribe and leave a review. I look forward to bringing you more organising tips next time. But if you can't wait until then, you can go to my website or find me on Instagram at caro.thor or on Facebook at Caroline Organiser. Thanks for listening and I look forward to guiding you on your journey to find your clutter-free ever after.